It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. The dubs get a nice win over the Charlotte Hornets. DeMarcus Cousins throws a shoe. And the playoff race in the West is taking shape for chaos. All that coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's happening? Warriors beat the Hornets last night in a, I don't know, it was a fine win. I'm going to get to just about everything from that game. And uh, one of the reasons why I say it was just fine is the Warriors have lacked a, I don't know, it's hard to not categorize it in a cliche way, but like a killer instinct this season. We've seen them get leads and maintain the lead, but what we used to see was them get like a 10-point lead and then all of a sudden it's 20-something and the game's basically over. But instead, we see them more often than not get the lead and have to maintain it throughout the game. Uh, it was last night, I think Fitzgerald said it a couple times, which he can overreact a little bit. But, you know, they had to win that game numerous times last night. They were ahead by, you know, 14, 15, 17, all at different times and allowed Charlotte to get back in it, uh, you know, down to eight, seven, five, whatever. So it's just, I don't know if that's a, you attribute that to other teams being better, to the Warriors not having the, like I said, it's I, I hate using cliches, but the killer instinct or whatever. But it's just something that's different than it has been over the last couple seasons. And we saw that last night. Warriors did get the win, 121 to 110. So it's not a bad thing or anything like that. It's just something that I've noticed. And I'm sure you all have too. But in this game last night, DeMarcus Cousins had his best game as a warrior, I'd, I'd say. And part of it is because of how he was able to finish at the rim and his agility looked better. I mean, he's never been the most agile player in the league or anything like that, but he was able to make moves to the rim, a couple different spin moves. He still had some some bad moments, a couple turnovers, uh times when he would go to the hoop when, you know, there were three people there and kind of just flail up a shot. But there were also some great plays, uh, you know, making a move on Zeller uh, at the top of the arc, driving to the hoop for the dunk. You know, a couple different spin moves that did work out. 
So it was all in all a positive game, but especially for DeMarcus Cousins, who was the headliner. Before I do continue on that, it is pouring rain where I'm at, and it's really hitting the uh, window in the studio pretty hard. So if you guys are hearing that, sorry. Apologies. You know, Mother Nature, what can I say? (laughs) But anyways, back to it. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, he ended up going 9 for 15, was 1 of 4 from 3, which you would like him to to be better, but. That, that's something that will hopefully correct itself. 11 rebounds, one offensive, 10 defensive, three assists, one steal, three blocks. He was a plus 10 with 24 points, 11 boards is the main thing. So it was a really good game for him. And he continues to get to the line, which is also nice. It's nice having a big man that can get to the line and hit free throws from the line. So best game so far. I also... Have to mention, though, while offensively it was his best game so far, I mean, we have to to say that Cody Zeller also went 13, from four, 13 for 14 from the field and 28 points. And though it wasn't 100% on DeMarcus Cousins, he was involved in, the, a lot of, in a lot of the actions that got Cody Zeller a career night against the Warriors. As far as notes for this game go, not a ton to it. Uh, Draymond was a beast. He was an absolute defensive monster. He's hopefully rounding into shape for the playoffs, and hopefully that's something that this team will start doing pretty soon. Because, again, tonight wasn't an example of them being playoff ready, being locked in for the playoffs either. Uh, I mentioned Draymond defensively, offensively not great. I think he had five turnovers. Clay had a sequence that was funny in hindsight where he drove to the hoop, goes for the layup, gets it blocked. And then on the next possession, gets a wide-open layup and just clanks it, clay-ups, you know. But he he was fine. He actually had a pretty good game, but just a funny segment for Clay, sequence for Clay when, you know, I've praised how much better he's gotten at finishing at the rim. Uh, They ran some nice action off the pick-and-roll for Cousins. Uh, You know, for him, they run the pick-and-roll, he gets it, and then there's some action off of that to get him a couple assists, got Draymond to dunk. I think got Iguodala a nice layup too. So it's good to see them trying new things off of the action that they they got Cousins in. Uh, Cody Zeller was killing Cousins uh, for the first quarter. There was no doubt about it. In the second, there was some more nice action off of Cousins' post-ups. They're starting to do things off of it, which is great because really what we've seen when I when I've talked about the them forcing it to Cousins was what we saw was just here, post up against the center and make something happen. And he hasn't been able to do that. I'd like him to find mismatches for him. I'd like them to run more stuff off of the post-up, off of the pick-and-roll, and that's that's what we're seeing in this last game. He was much better around the rim, finishing in traffic, uh, finishing in, in minor traffic also. He's, he's struggled at that so far, and so it was a great, great sign for him, personally for him and for the team that he's able to, to start to finish because... The thing is, with how poor the, the group has played together and Cousins has played together, if he gets it together, if he gets back to what he was, I mean, obviously he's not going to be exactly what he was when he was, you know, uh, uh, all-NBA type center. But if he can get back to being a good finisher, I think he was shooting like 60% from the field before. If he can get back to that, this team is going to be unstoppable. But the problem is he's not that yet. So... They're still working working his way back, but if he can get back to it, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be ridiculous. Uh 
He had back-to-back dunks, dunks, which was great. Uh, McKinney got some run tonight, which was good to see, and it was great activity, good minutes from him. Just the energy that he plays with, him going for all the offensive rebounds. He had two offensive rebounds, uh, knocked down a three, had a nice little dunk also. I mean, he was uh, he was everywhere. So it was good to see him get some run and uh, take advantage. At the end of the first half, though, the Warriors, man, this is what I'm talking about with them not being locked in. They had three turnovers, three back-to-back, back-to-back-to-back turnovers, and uh, their 14-point lead went down to five. They were able to knock down a three at the end of the half to push it back up to eight, but it was just, it was ugly, man. It was ugly at times, and uh, the Charlotte Hornets had 12 points off turnovers to where the Warriors only had two, and part of that is Charlotte just doesn't turn the ball over, but still, it was it was frustrating. It was frustrating, to see, like, I, like I said, the killer instinct. It was frustrating to see them go up 14 and give that up in a matter of, you know, four, four possessions. Uh, in the third, just more turnovers. Steph was struggling tonight, did not have a great game. But, yeah, the third, it was mostly turnovers. Steph missing shots. Some bad shot selection from a lot of players. But I think the main thing right now is they're just trying to get Boogie back into back into shape. And not shape, but back into his groove, I guess. Boogie in a groove. Ha. Hilarious. But... Yeah, I'm not sure what the what the deal is right now, but I think that's it. I think they're trying they're really focusing on Boogie being Boogie. And I don't know when that's going to stop, but I would like to see them get in playoff mode. In the second quarter Boogie had 11. That's when he really went off and uh, kind of fought Steve Kerr, not fought him, but urged Steve Kerr to let him stay in with some foul trouble and he didn't it paid off. Uh in the fourth Draymond was just everywhere. He was uh defensive menace tonight it was it was amazing it was vintage Draymond it was defensive player of the year type Draymond and uh it was just it was great to see another situation here when the dubs go up 17 they give up a 10 10-0 run so the Charlotte Hornets got it to seven again these are things they need to clean up they need to not allow that <laughs> you know up 17 that's when this team would usually wrap it up go up by 25 in the next minute or so and then most of the guys are sitting the fourth. But instead, they let Charlotte get back into it with a 10-0 run. And it's just, I don't know. They they need to figure it out. They need to figure it out. That's about it for the game. They end up getting the win, 121-110. Not anything to write home about. But for DeMarcus, it was a good game. It was a good game. And hopefully the start of his comeback, or whatever you want to call it. As far as everyone else, Steph struggled 5 of 18 from the field, 4 of 14 from 3. KD, 7 of 15 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3. Clay was solid. He went 11 of 19, 3 of 5 from 3, 26 points. So on a night when Steph and KD aren't really playing well, not only did DeMarcus have his best game, but he had his best game at a time when they needed it. So that was also good to see. And Clay, playing playing better, playing well. Going to talk about Clay a little bit more after the break. Same thing with Boogie. A couple things from last night and a couple things moving forward on the two. Uh, This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. 
So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Cisco. Modern modernization today has the products you need to modernize your workplace, like Wi-Fi booster crystals. Let their metaphysical powers enhance connectivity and spiritually awaken your Internet of Things. At CDW, we get crystals won't modernize your network. You need Cisco Catalyst access points that are Wi-Fi 6 compatible and can help you improve reliability, increase capacity, and reduce latency. Cisco and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash Cisco. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked on Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? Just finished talking about the Charlotte game. A couple of things I wanted to talk about from that. DeMarcus Cousins had a situation where he, Jeremy Lamb lost a shoe in the middle of the game. It it popped off and Cousins grabbed it and just hurled it, tossed it uh, aimlessly into the crowd, into the first row. It was actually caught by uh, former Panthers linebacker Thomas Davis and he got a T for it and agree or disagree about the technical, it wasn't because he threw the shoe, it's because he threw something into the crowd, which is an automatic technical, which sucks and is stupid. He was just trying to save himself, and that's pretty much what he said about the situation uh, when he was asked about it. You know, next time, you know, I'll just, you know, step on the shoe and, uh, you know, roll my ankle, break it, you know, tear the field, you know, just leave it out there next time. I guess that's what they want. There is Boogie on the subject, on the tee, on throwing the shoe. Uh, the audio is not perfect, so for those who couldn't hear it, uh, he just said, next time I'll step on the shoe, roll my ankle, break it, tear an Achilles. And I think he makes a great point because I know the the letter of the law. You can't throw something into the stands. And next time, I'm sure he'll be more aware and throw it into the backcourt or something like that. Make sure he doesn't throw it into the stands. But, I mean, there is a... Speed bump on the court in the form of Jeremy Lamb's shoe. We can't stop play to move it. So he's not only getting it out of the way for his own safety, but for everyone else's also. So I agree with him. It was a letter of the law technical. It's understandable that they called it. But at the same time, I I side with Boogie and his reasoning for getting rid of it. And so did the NBA. They actually ended up rescinding the T. Uh, from last night they don't take the point away though (laughs) from the the technical free throw but that t is not on his grand total which i was surprised to see was six dude you played like four games but it's back down to five uh so he's good i think he knew he was only playing so many games so he could rack him up at a a better rate this year Uh, i don't know but luckily uh, well, luckily, I don't know. I just think the NBA made the right decision of rescinding the T. And I understand why the officials made the call. They had to. Um, but, you know, context matters. And so the, the NBA did the right thing. And as far as the officials go, Draymond, unprompted, uh, had some nice things to say about him last night. Here's what Draymond said. Here's what it is. I thought Brian Forte roughed a great game. So... <clears throat> 
you know, that's one call that's a little questionable. But, you know, he's leaving the spot on with some calls, so I thought he left a good game. How's the ankle holding up that for you? He wraps a good game. What constitutes that? I think he just made some great calls. Uh, you know, he wasn't, you know, sometimes, you know, you try to talk to officials and they can kind of be a little standoffish. He had conversations, uh, which was great, always great. You know, you can um, converse a little bit. And, and he, he has some, some great calls uh, tonight that I thought was pretty spot on. So. So Draymond Green with some praise for Brian Forte, the official, kind of random, but I don't know. I just wanted to play it because, you know, not all officials are bad and they, it's noticed when they do a good job, as we've seen with Draymond and maybe there's something more to the story also. Like I have no idea and I don't know how I could check this. I mean, I probably could check it, but I'm too lazy. Like, was he part of the uh, Scott Foster crew that the Rockets were complaining about? I doubt it. I think I just think Draymond is Draymond and, you know, actually thinks Brian Forte had a great game. So there you go. I think he was talking about the the through the shoe throwing technical uh, that was a call that didn't go their way. But, you know, whatever. I just thought it was interesting for Draymond out of nowhere to to praise an official. Uh, one other thing I want to get to is Clay Thompson. He had 26 points, 11 to 19 from the field, three of five from three. But what I want to get to is the fact that he's shooting 39.8% from three. Uh, Not quite his highest. I think he was up to 39.82 at one point. But he is one more okay, fine average game from getting up to 40%. And once he hits 40%, that'll be the first time this season that he's been shooting 40% from three. And for Clay, obviously, it's different for every single player. Like, if anyone else... If McKinney was shooting 40% from three, it would be fantastic. Same thing with Jarebko. Clay, that's standard. His lowest uh, season total from three is 40%, 40.4%. So a couple more, another three of five game. I think we'll get him right about 40%. Something, Anything better than that, we'll get him above 40%. So something to look out for. I thought he was going to do it before the All-Star break, and then he had that clunker against uh, Portland. So... Keep your eye on that. He's going to get there. It's going to keep climbing, and he'll be he'll be clay. He'll have a standard clay season, but right now he's oh so close, and I think he's going to get there. He needs to get there. Uh, hopefully against the Heat on Wednesday it will happen, but who knows? You know, the, the Miami flu goes around, uh, which basically means they all go out and have a good time when they have multiple days off in Miami, which they do. Well, not multiple. They got there last night, and then they have today off, and then they play tomorrow. More than enough time to uh, be hungover on Wednesday. So we'll see. Going to take one more quick break. Come back. We will talk about the playoff seating and standings, which is uh, out of control. Everything's moving. I have no idea who's going to be the eight seed. Pretty good idea who's going to be the one seed. And a couple other things also coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. 
Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. Charles T. Hamilton, what's happening? I want to get to the playoff seeding because it is going crazy. The Lakers lose to the Memphis Grizzlies, man. You know, I was keeping my eye on the schedules coming out for the Clippers and for the Kings and the Lakers. And these first four games for the Kings, they had Warriors, OKC, Minnesota, and I think Milwaukee before they played the Clippers. The Clippers had Memphis, Denver, Dallas, Utah, and then the Kings. So those are two tough schedules while the Lakers had, they had Houston, New Orleans, Memphis, and New Orleans again. So I'm expecting them to go three and one in that four game stretch there. That's time to pick up ground when you got New Orleans, Memphis, New Orleans. They've played New Orleans. They lost. They played Memphis. They lost. And they're playing New Orleans again uh, tomorrow. So I, I don't know what's going on. They're under 500 right now. I picked them to miss the playoffs. And I was picking more with my heart than my head. But man, I don't know. My heart might be right right now. They are two games behind Sacramento, three games behind the eighth seed, which guess who's in the eighth seed right now? It's actually San Antonio because the Clippers have jumped San Antonio after San Antonio had a one in seven road trip. This is, I, I don't even know. I don't know what's going to happen. It's getting crazy. Uh, we talked about the Lakers. Minnesota is tied for, with the Lakers right now for that 10th seed. They're both 29 and 31. They have a chance to make a move uh, for that eighth seed. It's just, everything's happening. Everything's happening. I don't know how it's going to end. And the other thing on top of that is Houston at the five seed is only three games ahead of San Antonio, the eight seed. It Everything's all over the place. I don't know who the Warriors are going to face. I did say I had a uh, an idea of who would be number one. That would be the Warriors. But even then, Denver Nuggets only a game and a half back. Oklahoma City in the three seed, four and a half back. I think that's pretty much done. It's going to be between Denver and Golden State. And is there a chance? I mean, I think the Warriors would prefer the number one seed and home court advantage throughout the Western Conference playoffs. But do they look at it and say, oh, well, maybe if we're the two seed, we're playing a more favorable matchup, you know, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. Might be some seeding manipulation coming up. I doubt it, but it's possible. So everything's going crazy. I don't know who's going to end up where, but I think my my prediction that the Lakers miss the playoffs might work out. But again, still 22 games left. So, I mean, I'll, I'll keep updating this. I'll keep my eye on it, as I'm sure you all will too. But man, it's, it is dramatic. It is dramatic. I'll tell you what, Phoenix is eliminated from playoffs. That one really hurts, guys. They're 12 and 50. So that's one team you can count out of the race. League pass picks for tonight. Actually a good night considering there's only three games. 
it's been fun because as soon as they come back from the all-star break, everyone has to play, you know? So we've had game nights with 10, 11, 12 games. Tonight, only three games, but two of them are damn good. And it's not the Magic and the Knicks. Celtics-Raptors, I'm in. I mean, potential Eastern Conference playoff matchup. Again, I think the Celtics are the most talented team. If they can ever figure out how to play together, they'll be a monster. But the problem is they haven't really figured it out. So we got Celtics-Raptors, and then we got Thunder-Nuggets, that 2-3 seed. I mean, let's check it out. Russell Westbrook, his triple-double streak is over. So is he even that good anymore? I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to watch and see. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Check out the games. I'll be back tomorrow with more Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth, right? You got to go over the rough spots. Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.